Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Old Dog Jiu-Jitsu, Old Dog Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Joe, and I am here with one of my training partners, good friends, uh, Clint Browning. Clint, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, dude. Thank you so much. I know with family life and everything going on, it is sometimes impossible to carve out some extra time. Yeah, to- <laughs> it's, it's, everything comes up, especially in this time of year, too. Yeah, yeah, it is a, bu- a busy, busy time. Um, but, man, thanks for taking the time to coming down and, and just having a little discussion. Where, um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Road to Blue. And uh, kind of, you know, um, well, before we get into that, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, or a lot about yourself. Yeah, a lot about myself. Uh, let's see. So, um, originally from Missouri. Um, grew up out there and then kind of after high school moved around uh, Texas, Arizona, eventually ended up in California for a long time and uh, where I met my wife and started growing our family. And then once we uh, once we had kids, we realized we didn't want to raise them out there. So uh, we looked for every opportunity we could to move back closer to family. And uh, she's originally from South Carolina. So we moved to, we had the opportunity to move over to uh, Nashville area um, back in 2017, and I was working in St. Louis, and so I just commuted back and forth for a while while we got set up here, and then once I got the job done there, I just started working here full-time, and uh, you know, we really liked the transition, and then when my son hit, uh, he was four years old, uh, I was looking at getting him into wrestling. Uh, we had, I had, I was horrible at sports growing up, like uh-huh. the absolute worst. Uh, the last year I, I played baseball three years and the last year, uh, they did the like, you know, little tally of who's going on what team. I was the last one picked and I was pretty much forced onto this one team and the coach threw his hat down and goes, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was not really sought after. Um, and I, I was not good at ball sports at all, but I took to wrestling really well. I was okay. like, you know, I, it wasn't a team sport. Really. And this is in Missouri. This is in Missouri. And wrestling we were, is. We were right by Iowa. Yeah. I mean, we wrestled some school. It was, it was serious. Uh, we had, uh, I think the my freshman year, I think we had three or four state champs at my school. Yeah. I mean, we it was it was serious wrestling. And did you start wrestling in high school? Or no, I started then? wrestling in uh Middle school. Okay. I was going to say, because in Missouri, they, they start pretty, yeah, pretty young. Yeah, I had done a, uh, a kid's camp when I was in like fourth or fifth grade. And then uh, I really started in middle school and wrestled all through that. And then uh, when I got into high school, um, I was, I'd been held back a year in, in middle school. And so when I started high school, I was a year older than everybody in my class, but I was uh, I was 16 and I was five, five and a hundred pounds. Wow. I was tiny. And so, uh, I was the one Oh three pounder. Well, we Which didn't is have an invaluable. Yeah. <laughs> but we didn't have any other one Oh three pounders yeah. that were older. So I was already put on varsity my freshman year. Well, you know, in middle school, I was like undefeated my eighth grade year. I was like, Oh, this yeah. is great. I come in there and I did not understand what varsity high school wrestling was going to be like in Missouri. (laughs) (laughs) I, I got destroyed that year. Uh, now near the end of the year, I, I was starting to win more matches and stuff. And then if I ever filled in for like a JV tournament, I'd smoke the guys. I mean, I was, but it was, it was horrible. And, uh, 
I mean, it was just, it was it was a very cruel learning experience. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, my grades were never that good. So uh, middle of sophomore year, uh, I got I, I had to leave the team because of grades and everything, and never went back. And uh, but that time must have left an impression on you to some degree. It did. I liked wrestling. It was me against a guy my size. You know, it was it was all on me. And, yeah. You know, there's a team score, but it was I was going for my pin, right, you know, or right, my submission, right. you know, or uh, my technical fall. Right. And uh, anyway, um, got out of high school uh, when I went down to Texas for a while. Uh, I was working at a glass company. My boss, uh, he he was friends with a guy whose son was actually trying to go to state from Texas A&M High School. Okay. And the funny thing is, you would think that Texas would be a big wrestling state. It's not. It's not. It's a big football state. It is. Huge football. Not big on wrestling. I which know. is funny because it's right next to Oklahoma, which is huge in wrestling. It's never made sense to me. Yeah. Like, I went to the Olympic training camp. Uh, it was called Sunkiss Kids Wrestling Yeah, camp. I remember Sunkiss Kids. Yeah, yep. I did that one year. And... Uh, you know, I, I just thought, Texas, can they have wrestlers? No, not at all. And uh, so I went and worked out with this kid a few times. And he I think he actually was supposed to win state, but just saw the difference in yeah that versus what I grew up around. I was like, this is a totally different animal. But anyway, um, so I had wrestled, a bunch, you know, and I really, any, any physical altercation I'd been in in my life, 90% of them went to the ground. Yeah. And I always knew where I was on the ground, even with bigger guys. You know, I wasn't really that concerned with it. Um, I could control my opponent on the ground. Yeah. And yeah. so I told my wife, I was like, look, I want our son to know how to grapple. I was like, you know, they're going to, you know how to use your fist in a general way. You know, I, I don't want him to box, but I was like, I want him to know how to handle himself on the ground. And so I started looking at, and I saw the kids club thing and I was like looking to sign him up. And the day I was going to sign him up, I was on Instagram. I saw uh, Gracie Baja Spring Hill. And I was like, there is no Gracie Baja in Spring Hill. <laughs> and because I was like, I've already looked up jiu-jitsu. They, they don't have that here. Right. And I looked at it and it was like, you know, opening soon. I was like, oh, man. And, it, and they had a special deal for Red Shield and everything. I was like, oh. And so I immediately called the school and talked to Professor Reggie. And he was like, yeah, come in and talk. Da, 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 da. And I went up there. They didn't even have the mats down or anything. And, oh, uh, so this is really early on. Oh, yeah. Okay, is, okay. Yeah. He literally had put the ad up that day. Okay. And he was getting people to sign up before they actually yep, opened the yep, school. Yep, 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 yep. So anyway, I, you know, I talked to him. And right off the bat, I liked Reggie. I, yeah. I just was like, you know, we sat down and had a coffee and just talked about family and stuff like that. And I kind of told him my mindset. I was like, you know, just... My son is a sweet kid. He's not, uh, you know, he's not rowdy or anything. Yeah. I was just like, I don't want him getting bullied. I was like, and I just, I see he's got a really kind spirit, a good heart. And I was like, life will come at you that way. And I was like, I want him to be able to defend himself. Right. And uh, so, uh, you know, we, I, I signed uh, him and I both up. And the reason I did it was because... When I was a kid, I did Taekwondo, like nearly every yeah. you know, kid in the 80s. And I uh, wanted to be Danny LaRusso. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was and always, if you don't get that, if you don't understand that reference, stop listening right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't need to be on the old dog jujitsu. <laughs> um, the 
I was always envious of the kids in Taekwondo whose dads did it with them. My dad. Oh, really? Oh, so, so jealous. Because my dad, you know, my dad was a surgeon and he worked all the time. He was always on call. Which I wanted to ask you, you probably told me this before. Is your dad a DO? Yes. Okay. I think we've had this conversation Mm -hmm. before because Kirksville is where, you know, we've had this before. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first osteopathic uh, medical school in the country. Right. Uh, AT still. still, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 We've had this conversation before. uh, Yeah. Started that, so uh, and my dad still lives in Kirksville. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, does he teach at the school at all? He did. Uh, He hasn't in a few years because now he just does locum tenens. Okay, Uh, okay, okay. He was teaching surgery for a long time. Um, Getting back to your story, I'm sorry. No, no, my own selfishness there. Um, But he, uh, you know, my dad didn't do a lot of stuff, and he wasn't able to go to a lot of sporting events, stuff like that. Sure, just he was busy. It's the life of the surgeon, man. It is, and uh, also he couldn't risk damaging his hands. Nope. So this is why it's crazy. I know a couple of surgeons. Well, one guy's not training right now, um, but I I know a couple of surgeons that I work with that train. And we had one, of course, I'm not going to mention any names because that would be a HIPAA violation, but we do have one surgeon who's very well known, very good at what he does. I would would dare say world-class at what he does. Um, At least in my mind, he is. And uh, he came in with an injury and... I was more worried about how his wife was going to react than I was about him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought to myself, how are you, man, I don't know if I'd be doing what you're doing it's being scary. a surgeon. Cause that's surgery is what they do. Right. I can get away. I can get away with, I can get away with so much being an ER doctor. Yeah. Um, man, it's, that's risky. So oh. I, I know where your dad was coming from on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, my dad, he, uh, my dad always liked working on cars, like building old cars and he wouldn't do it because he, he was like, yeah. he didn't want to damage his hand because you're always busting your knuckle on yep, something. Yep, exactly. So he, uh, you know, he just didn't do stuff like that. And I was always envious of the kids that, whose dad did that. Plus, I also think when you, you lead by example, more is caught than taught. And so like when I, when if I'm asking my son to do something like warm-ups or whatnot, it's it's easier if he sees me doing it. And plus, you know, we have that that bond, kind of like what you you talked about when when you got your black belt and you you gave that speech. And I sent your speech to my brother. I was like, I want you to watch. Oh, this. you did. He was like, Dude, I got choked up. Your buddy Joe. He's like, That's. He's like, Yeah, yeah, because his his kids are in it now and he's in it. And uh, I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, You know, having that relationship and that thing that you share with your kid. Yeah, and for my my dad and I, it's cars. You know, we okay. work on cars, talk, you know, talk cars and stuff. But I always wanted something like that. Like we were, ne- I was never into the sports that he liked. You know, sure, like, sure. He, like, he would throw a football. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> so you know, he'd play golf. I was like, no, yeah, I, I was yeah. Just, I, I wasn't good. My brother, sports star, I was not. So, um, I wanted something that Wilder and I could both get into. And you know, he always liked wrestling with me. Yeah, yeah, just roughhousing all the time. And, you know, my wife tried to put him in soccer, and that was a nightmare. Like, he's literally, and I hate soccer. And Dude, no, I used no, to, no my to wife it. would do the same thing. I was I was in living hell. <laughs> yeah. Hell. Living hell watching them out there. You can sit there and you go, and it's all these parents. I'm like, I don't want to get to know you. I don't care. <laughs> and my wife is very social. I'm not. So having kids was actually great because I could just walk away and be like, oh, I got to check on the kid. <laughs> just yeah. follow my son around. But 
we go to these games and you know you could see the kids that were very driven towards the ball right they wanted the ball they were going after it my son's out there kicking dirt and like dad look there's a butterfly and i'm like <laughs> and my wife just glares at me she like she like looks at me she's like this is your fault i go you have two artistic parents what did you think was gonna happen <laughs> if you had progeny it was gonna be an artistic kid I was like, it's not my fault. So, but I knew he liked a rough house. So I was like, this is gonna be good. And so I signed him and him and myself up. And uh, you know, I, I, it's just been it's been awesome. I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, he's he's really enjoying it. He's gone through that phase before of like, I don't really want to go. I don't sure. want the warm ups. I cut him back a little bit. I was like, you got to go at least you know, twice a week. Mm-hmm. You pick which days. That's it. One can be a father-son class. One's got to be a kid's class. I was mm-hmm. like, but that's it. Yeah. I was like, we don't have to go three or four times a week. No, not right now. Uh, no. But, you know, for now, I, I, I was like, this is important. You got to do a little bit. And uh, and then he got to where he, you know, he has friends there now. So he, he yeah, enjoys that. Yeah, that, that, that does make a big difference with that. And you know, he's yeah. excited to see his buddies when he yeah. shows and up. And how old is Wilder now? Wilder is uh, six and a half. Okay, yeah. So Yeah, and I think at that age, you know, it's just the routine of going. It's the... The coach, having the coach as a figure, being on the mat, the contact that most people aren't aware of, and then mm-hmm. all the benefits of it come later on. It's It's been a big struggle of mine as coaching uh, for my entire coaching career, whether it was traditional martial arts, kickboxing, or wrestling, and now jiu-jitsu, convincing car- parents of what you're investing in. You're not necessarily investing in them being able to defend themselves tomorrow. Mm-mm. Or maybe even in a few years. Right. It, it's really, it's a long-term investment. And the benefits of it um, are invaluable. Um, the benefits of them will be the ability to understand that they, that they can actually put something into something and get tangible results. You know, I can improve if I, and the example I always say is, you know, they might suck at math. But if they suck at math and you say, hey, buddy, you suck at math. Not you. It's okay. You'll get better. No, it's like, dude, you suck. It's okay though. It's all right. We know where we're at, and we know if we work at it, we're gonna get better. Right. We're gonna get better. And at the end of the day, and I and I know I I have people that just think I'm way too like you don't speak to your kids that way. Well, no, I speak to my kids that way because then when I tell them they do something good, they know I'm telling them the truth. Right. Not everything is rainbows. Huge BS detective. Yeah, no, not everything is rainbows. I'm going to tell you the one thing I'll say, son, if you do something wrong, I'm going to tell you. And that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You suck at math. I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember having this conversation with Jackson. I'm like, brother, we got room for improvement. You suck. And don't worry, we're going to get better. Yep. And the kid loves math now. He is a math freaking whiz. And um, I remember telling him, I said, how could you suck this bad? You're half Asian. <laughs> this is amazing. How is it? Oh, he's a quarter Asian. How, how is this possible? <laughs> this is the number two, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, we just said, but we're going to work at it, but we're not going to. And it's the same thing in jujitsu. When the kid gets beat, he knows. He does. And he and knows. Wilder, it's funny because. I was watching him roll and there was one kid that he kept rolling and you know, they lay head to feet. Yeah. Yeah. And they'd say, you know, kombach and Wilder would always roll away from the kid. And yeah. this kid would hook his leg over Wilder yeah. when he did it and then he'd take his back. Yeah. And he kept doing it. And Wilder's like, Oh, he keeps beating me. I go, 
what do you keep doing every time they say go? And he's like, well, I go, what do you do? I go, think about your movements. I was like, you roll, turn your back to him, and he flips over on top of you. I go, flip the other way. Yeah. And I was like, see what happens. And he, boom, oh, and he's like, I won. I was like, what'd you do differently? I was like, that's all it is. It's just problem solving, buddy. And, and that, that might leave an impression to where when he repeats something two or three times, he stops that madness sooner. Mm-hmm. Because you, you learn, that's a, that's a huge lesson. And it's not about winning. It's about just do not repeating the same thing that got you in the, and, and I, we, I mean, we can make a whole podcast on, oh, and, yeah. you know, on those, on those benefits. But, um, so you get him involved, you get involved. Yep. And, and uh, I go to my first class. It was the first white belt class. And, uh, was it, I there the first, I was there the first night, wasn't I? I don't Chris know. was there the first night, I think maybe I. Chris was there. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe I was working the. Yeah. I, I swear I thought I was there for opening night, but whatever. Okay, it was, so it's uh, your first night there. First night there. You know, we went through some of the stuff. We we're doing a few things. And then at the end of it, uh, Professor just goes, Okay, you guys don't really know what you're doing, but uh, okay, get on your knees. And when I say go, you just fight. <laughs> well, my dumbass lined up with George. Oh, God. As the first, so so we you know I you know we have people that are at our academy that um, have a reputation. That, no, that, yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, I mean that. Listen, um, we have, believe it or not, it's I'm always so amazed at the number of people in different locations. So, kind of describe George. George is just he's a sweetheart of a guy, super quiet, like that. You know, you like. You would net. He's the most unassuming. Just he's the guy in the bar you wouldn't want to mess with. No, no. Like he's the one that's sitting at the bar with his beer by himself, just saying, "Please leave me alone." Yeah. But he is literally strong as an ox. Like I've seen him stand up. I don't think he lifts. I don't think he does. He works in an automotive plant, and I think he's just he's just got that genetic strong. Yeah. And he. But the other thing is, I don't think he knows his own strength. No. No. And I've seen him stand up while someone had him in side control. And yeah. he just stood up with the guy. Yeah, he's very explosive, too. He's got a lot of fast twitch muscle fiber. He and, does. And yeah. uh, I tied up with him, and I got thrown in this like modified headlock thing. And he landed right <laughs> on me and cracked my rib. And I was like, ugh! And I didn't, know what, I didn't know that my rib was broken yet. I just was like, oh, man, what was it? Ugh! And I was like, ugh. And I thought it would like go away. And I was sore for the next few days. And then when my son tried to lay on me in the father-son <laughs> class, I couldn't breathe. And, you know, Wilder weighed maybe 35, 40 pounds yeah, at the time. Yeah. I was just like, <gasps> went in the, you know, I was like, oh, that sucked. But, you know, pushed through that and, uh, you know, kind of took it easy for a few weeks. While, I, But I kept going to class because, you know, I went, of course, I go and talk to a professor. And I was like, yeah, I kind of broke my rib. And he's thinking he's he's already out, you know. Yeah. And because uh, professor told all of us that he had wagers on when we were all going to quit. You yeah. Know? And this is the first group, which consisted of how many people? I think there was probably eight to ten of us. Um, I'd have to look back at the first picture. I think there was more. There might have been more. Okay. He, he had a... But this is the very first group very at first the new group. academy, and now there's how many of you guys left? Is it was there six of us? There's me, Michael, George, uh, Kyle, um, Ken. Jordan, Ken. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. So that's good. Got a good core group off of that first, and I think that's pretty good. I mean, that's actually pretty pretty darn good. Yeah, you know. Um, so. 
you go to that class, you continue to go, mm-hmm. you're still busted up. Um, how glad are you that you stuck with it? Oh, I'm so glad. I, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I wish I could train more, you know, yeah. like I wish I could designate that time. You know, I know I realize it's, it's like anything. You just have to prioritize things. Sure. And you know, with my job, I'm, you know, I get up five, you know, a little before five, I'm out the door a little right around five. And I, typically I work a 10 hour day. So right. I'm got an hour commute, work 10 hours, come home. I've been there 12, it's a 12 hours. I have four hours before my kids go to bed. Yeah. And so I, I say, okay, I get two nights a week, you yeah. know? And so, uh, usually Mondays and Wednesdays cause I'll take Wilder and right after his class is over is I can do the fundamentals so, class. And so that's really good that you, so I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, and, and is finding the time and not committing. So you, you've already said, okay, I'm going to give myself two days out of the week. Mm-hmm. I pre-plan those days and I've set myself up for success because I have to take my son. Yep. So you've already set yourself up. I tried to do the, I was trying to do like a lot more classes at first. I was like, okay, I'm going to go two times a week and then do the father son class on Saturday. And it just got to, or I would try and mix it up to be like, oh, well, I'm going to do GB2, so I'll take Wilder on Monday and Wednesday because that's his class. I'll go Tuesday, Thursday, and, that, and it was just it was causing chaos for my wife, for the kids. You know, like, I was just like, this is easier if I just take him on Monday. When he gets done with class, he stays there. Yep. He, you know, does schoolwork, his iPad, whatever, while I do my class. If I want to stay over a little late, it's not going to hurt him, you know, but then we leave. By the time we get home, my wife's got dinner ready. We eat, do everything. If we can make a Saturday, great. If I'm working, can't do it. Uh, you know, we haven't done it in a while, but um, that's a. Uh, but again, I I always feel like I'm playing catch up with stuff. Um, kind of like I see the guys that are able to train like four or five times a week. Sure. And I'm so envious because I see these guys who are like, oh, I trained three <laughs> times today, and I'm like, I'm lucky if I can get here. Just tonight, you know? well, we, we we did a podcast earlier on the mistakes that um, mistakes to avoid mm-hmm. as as you're training, and um, and I honestly don't know which one I'm uploading first, so that might go before this podcast or might go after. I'm not even sure, but um, you know, one of the things we talked about on there is not comparing yourself to others, mm-hmm. and that's such a difficult thing to do. Um, you know, compare and. Chris, who was on the show, he, he had a good quote that his brother told him. I always tell my kids, if, if you're, if you're going to compare yourself to others, you're destined to a life of misery. Right. And, but it is so hard. It is so hard because you're physically competing with these guys. Um, but you know, that's not what jujitsu is for you. Um, you know, and that actually goes into one of my questions I have for you is really when you started jujitsu, what was your why? And you kind of answered that. Mm-hmm. It sounded like it was more for time with Wilder and doing that with him. It was. I mean, I had always been a fan of fighting sports like UFC. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the only sport I watch. Right. And you know, I was. Always, and I know you watch it because you know the players in the game. Right. And I. Yeah. And I've always. And you know, since the first one, I I remember watching Hoist Gracie and just being like whoa yeah. and there's been other opportunities i've had you know where i was like uh you know someone brought up jujitsu and i was like oh, i'd love to try that and i just ne- you know my son inspired me to to actually take that leap okay and you know the other thing is uh you know most of the guys that we train know this i'm kind of beat up like my right. necks well you didn't go into your background like you didn't go into right. that's why i asked you did you ever do stunt work uh, I did some just on like low budget stuff that I worked on. So right. I worked as an actor for a while, and 
on some. Yeah, of you kind of skipped over that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I was just yeah. like, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you're still an actor. I mean, you're you're not. It's, yeah, I mean, I, if something comes up, I'll still do it. Um, I don't do as much as I used to, mainly just because I'm the main breadwinner for the family. Sure, sure, so sure. I have sure. to have the stability, but. Yeah, when I was in LA, I was I was out there pursuing acting, and I did did some things, but whenever it was uh, the, a lot of times when you have low budget stuff, they can't hire a stunt professional or something, so you've got to do your own stunts, or, you know, you just sometimes you're just winging things. Like I did a, a music video one time. And in the video, I'm supposed to be fighting with a guy. And so they didn't have a fight coordinator. Oh, no. And so I'm talking to the guy, and I'm like, well, I was like, do you know how to pull your punches? And he goes, um, what, what do you mean? I was like, so if I act like I'm going to hit you, and I just kind of let off at the end, I was like, that's pulling my punch. I was like, can you do that? And he, I was like, so we can duke it out. I was like, try not to hit each other in the face. I was like, but, you know, we can just try and make this look real. I go, if you can use your forearm in the punch as opposed to, you know, I go, you don't have to use your fist because I've seen you from behind. Right, right, right. Like, so you'll get the grunt of it. But, you know, I was like, we can just throw down. I know where this is going. It was horrible. <laughs> Hardwood floor and fighting over a bed and everything else and like choking each other and stuff and just... But I was so bruised and beat up after that. But I was like, it looked good on yeah, camera. Yeah. But uh, no, nah, I didn't do a lot of stunt work. I did some. Uh, most of my stuff was from uh, motorcycle wrecks. Okay. Uh, I had wrote, ridden motorcycles for a long time. And I got hit pretty bad while I was in L.A. And I was one of those that like either I couldn't afford to go to the doctor or I was too stubborn to. And, sure. Uh, so I had actually... Uh, probably six months before I signed up for jujitsu, we'd gotten into a minor car wreck, but I had gotten a whiplash from it and went to physical therapy and they, you know, they shot an x-ray and the guy looks at it. He goes, can you, can you actually feel your hands? And I go, yeah, why? He goes, I, he goes, you have, he goes, I've seen 80 year olds with better necks than yours. And I was like, yeah. really? He goes, you, you've got so much growth. Yeah, on there. And the goes, one thing in jujitsu you tend to get is an achy neck, one way or another. Right, and yeah. mine was already stiff as a board. I can't tilt more than yeah. know, maybe five degrees, and can't. You know, I've always just had a locked up neck, and uh, I carry my stress in my neck too. So if I don't, if I'm not constantly doing like pull ups and stuff, and I I hadn't worked out in a long time, I was just like it just locks up. Right. And so, um, you know, when when I started doing this, you know, I'm you know, already in my forties, you know, and I was like, uh, you know what, but it's still, it's still a path I want to go down. I was like, yeah. I, I want to show my son that, you know, you can start something even when you're older and earn, learn proficiency in it, yeah. you know? And I mean, it's it, the benefits of it. Like even in my marriage, in, in arguments that we have or just, <laughs> Disagreeable discussions. <laughs> Not so much arguments. Disagreeable discussions. Hot, hot button issues. Uh, Disagreeable <laughs> discussions. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I yep. So we have the these, right uh, you know, like we can be talking about hot button issues or whatever. And I noticed that if she talks to me after I've been to class, she can talk to me about anything that might be inflammatory. And I don't, I don't get all bent out of shape. I'm like, well, you know, that's a possibility. And I was just like, wait, who are you? I was like, yeah. you understand? It's like I literally have been simulating murder and being murdered upon for an hour. I was like, 
I, I got all of it out. I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you spent about an hour physically pushing yourself, bonding in a very strange but unique way. Mm-hmm. You've been vulnerable. You've learned about your partner. You've shared time with somebody in a way that's very uh, primal. You're, you're making somebody else better at this very primal thing, combat, and in turn, you're becoming better. Um, it is, and you've heard guys heard me say this from my very first class I've ever taught you guys. Um, it makes all the noise in life, turns the volume down on it. Absolutely. You're not thinking about the mortgage. You're not thinking about what I have to do tomorrow. Right. You're literally trying to survive. Yeah. You are trying, you are trying to keep that person from choking the life yeah. out of you. And yeah, they're going to let go. But in the moment, you're not, you're not even considering that you're, yeah. you're, it, it is, it's primal. That yeah. lizard side of your brain takes over and you're just yep. like, very much so. Yeah. yeah. But you don't have the choice of flight. It's you have to fight. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. And there's uh, something incredibly therapeutic about that, but there's also a lot of people that shy away from that and it's that uncomfortable state. Um, boy, it just gets to be too much. What's the biggest excuse you hear about why people don't want to try jujitsu? Um, the reason why they, it's just not for me. Right. Because I don't like the idea of people being on top of me. It's it's just not for me. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't do well with that. And it depends on who I speak to, but the majority, because I don't, I've gone through all these different phases of my life when it comes to martial arts. Mm-hmm. I've gone through the phase of complimenting every martial art that's out there. I've gone through that phase of telling everybody jujitsu is the most effective. I've gone through the phase of trying to get people through the front door and I've been in the indifferent phase. And now I'm in the phase where if you show me certain characteristics, I'll go up to you and say, Hey man, is there a, and I, I've actually, out of all the people that I've worked with male wise, not the females, the female, every female, I tell them that they should do it. But male-wise, uh, Lewis is a nurse I work with, and I told him, you'll thrive in jiu-jitsu. And Lewis is a guy, he's not in great shape. He's a big dude. He's been running a lot. He's lost a lot of weight. But it's just his overall, like just just his attitude in life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, do you thrive on the mat? Um, and that's kind of where I'm at now. But when I do hear people talk about it, it's pretty much like, uh, yeah, I don't think that would be for me. I don't want somebody sweating on me. Exactly. I don't, I, yeah, I just, I, you hear, or the young kids. Yeah, I'm into it, but I would like to do it without the gi. You know, just, just different excuses. And they're all just, they're all lies to make them feel more comfortable with their decision. Mm-hmm. I get that. You know, um, but yeah, yeah, that, that, that contact. I, that one is a big one where I hear it. And like, I tell people, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't like, I don't like fighting. And I'm like, you know what's funny? I hate fighting. Yeah. There's nothing I, I don't like. I don't like fights uh, in the sense of being in one. I I don't like that. I, it's I know that feeling anybody that says they like it, they they haven't been in enough. Right. They don't know the ramifications. Um, you know, there's a there's a fame not famous. It was famous back in the day um, altercation that I may have been involved in, and <laughs> even with that altercation. Um, you know, my knees got scraped and it's just like, they, this bothering me for days, you know, even an altercation that you walk away looking like a movie star, 
there's still negatives from it. And that's not even talking about the police. That's not even talking about financial ramifications. There's there in no matter what the situation is, the mood just got completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, there's nothing good that comes from physical altercation and it should be avoided at all costs. But if you have to defend yourself, you have to defend yourself. But once that trigger is pulled, pretty much the night's ruined. Exactly. It's, you gotta go. I've, yeah. I've tried to stave that. I, I, uh, I was never one to like go and start fights. I just, that wasn't who I was. And, uh, but I, uh, and I never liked fights, but that was also one of the reasons I like to train because I wanted to be able to stop whatever was happening. I got my nose broken when I was 16. I was like, I don't want to get punched in the face again. Yeah. So you learn how to dot, you know, how to duck, dodge, you know, all that, get out of the way, block, take them down. Um, but you know, when I was, I, I tell this story, when I was living in uh, L.A., I'd you know been in a relationship with a girl and we broke up, and you know it was one of those things where after a month she's like, "Oh, let's go grab something to eat," and I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's go to her old favorite bar." <laughs> <laughs> and so we go to like our old. So eighty percent of the guys right now are like, "Yeah, yeah I've been there. Yeah, I know what's gonna happen. I've been there." And uh, you know we go to the bar and we're sitting there and uh, you know have a couple of drinks, we're eating our food, and I'm just like. And then next thing you know, we're like making out at the bar. And I remember I hear someone go, oh, look at these two. And I opened my eyes just in time to see a napkin hit me right in the face. And I was just saw red instantly. I was like, what? And I jumped up and grabbed the guy, threw him on the table. And it got broken up instantly. No no fist thrown anything. Right. But, you know, I was like, dude, I was like, I'm literally just sitting here with this girl. This guy throws something at my head. I was like, this mm-hmm. is written. And the guy's like, you got to go. I was like, oh. So we go outside and I'm just amped up and hot, mad. And, uh, you know, she was like, she was an idiot. And she was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like that. I was like, you know what? Let's go across the street to this other bar. I need a beer to calm down. Another dumb decision. (laughs) So we literally go across the street and, uh, you know, order a drink. And I'm like, you know, your heart's still beating. All the adrenaline's still pumping. She's all excited. She's like, oh, that was amazing. Start kissing again, and then I hear someone say, "You know, there's a hotel down on Vermont," and I go, "Oh, well, I guess you know where you can go fuck yourself then." <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time is like, "You can't talk to people like that." I was like, "She's talking crap to me." I don't. Know. And this little sawed-off dude comes over and is like, "Do you just tell my wife to go fuck herself?" I go, "I don't know. Is she the fat bitch standing right there?" Oh God! He punched <laughs> me so fast. Just punched me right in the mouth. And we, we start fighting, then his buddies jump on back. But luckily, they break it up before we get on the ground. And uh, we get thrown outside, and I'm like, we, I've got to go home. I'm going to get arrested. This is bad. i just got to go. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of that's, a, you know, in your 20s, alcohol-fueled debauchery. But it was just... Uh, but that kind of stuff, it's just... I it's, was like... It, nothing good comes from it. Nothing good comes from it. I didn't right. get to finish my beers that night. <laughs> they were just sitting on the bar. But, yeah, it's... But I, I wanted to... You know, I tell people, you know, if you don't want to fight, you need to learn how to fight. Yeah. It's, a, you know, it's just important. Yeah. It's like, I don't want my son to fight. And, yeah, and I, I think also people forget how fragile life actually is and how how you do need to learn to defend yourself. And... and it, when I was younger, so, and I'm going to quote this wrong. Um, Elio Gracie says that, God, I can't remember exactly how he says it. Essentially is to win a fight, you don't lose. 
Mm-hmm. And, and you know that, 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 and I'm not quoting it correctly. Um, but that mindset was like, in my mind, it's like, what? No, that doesn't make sense to me. You have to win the fight. But what I didn't grasp was the real life altercation. Mm-hmm. Your objective is to go home alive. Right. That's your objective. Because not all of us are at the stage in our life where we're going to be the ultimate fighter any longer. Mm-hmm. Okay, those days are behind a lot of us. So the idea is, how do I get into an altercation and protect myself? It's not necessarily about beating somebody up. It's not, quote, winning the fight. It's about going home safe. Surviving. Because I do see people that have brain injuries and no longer can talk correctly after an altercation. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's those people that, that because of their lack of confidence, because of them not having the training, they get themselves into an altercation where they get shot or, st- shot or stabbed. So all of these things help us avoid help us avoid the bad outcome. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's yeah, if you don't like fighting, you should be there. Yeah. You st- if you don't like fighting, if you don't like that, this helps you to avoid getting in those situations yeah. because you can you can learn how to avoid it or if it goes there, you can dominate real quick to they, they don't want to mess with you. Right. I, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, Michael and I, you know, we've, we've been training partners for a long time. We're similar size and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I love training with Michael. Uh, he's great. Michael loves to joke with me because I hate to tap with him, uh, like with chokes. And right, right. Like I've had blood pouring out of my nose because I blew a blood vessel because he's <laughs> strangling me. And I'm just like, no, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm turning purple. But, and the funny thing is I'm not doing it from, from pride. It's... My mentality when I'm when I'm training that way is I I don't think I'm ever going to be the badass winning worlds things like that. I look at it from okay I'm a I'm a dad. Uh, I have to protect my kids. If someone broke into my house and I had to fight that person, okay. Now if they're bigger than me or there's more of them, my only job is to survive and survive as long as I can for my family to get away. Right. Okay. So how long can I fight without even if I'm getting my ass kicked? How long can I survive? You know, how long can I survive that choke? Right. How how long can I hold it before I actually go black? You know, and, and just, it's just a choke. It is. It's just a choke. And you're sitting there going, "Okay, I'm trying to see if I can fight away from it because if I'm in that situation, okay, how much time does my wife need to get the kids out of the house? Yeah. You know, to get to the neighbors. Yeah. What not? Now I may go down eventually, but can I survive long enough for them to get away to safety? And I always look at it that way. And so when I train, that's that's always... Now, of course, it's not in my mind at that time. I hear what you're saying. That's the reason I train. Yeah. So it kind of programs... So your why has changed. It has. I mean, I've always been... Now, it's the same reason that, like, the only reason... I don't really hunt that much, but the reason I own guns is because I believe in being able to protect myself and my family. Mainly my family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, it's... And it's the same reason, like, I work on the safety team at our church because... My kids are there. They're in right, the kids section, right. and I'm like, no, I, uh, you know, they had they were looking for people to serve in different ways. Like my wife's on the worship team. You know, she's a great singer. I'm not. The, they were like, oh, you could be a host. I was like, I'm not that friendly. It's <laughs> like I don't like smiling and saying hello and want to talk to random people. It's just yeah. not me. But they had, you know, they were like, oh, and we have the safety team. And I was like, what's that? And they're like, well, you know, it's kind of. You, you know, there's different facets of it, but, you know, it's just kind of like, kind of like security. They were like, just making sure everything goes well. There's no problems, you know, because churches attract a lot of, you know, yeah. a lot of problems. And uh, I was like, that's a perfect fit for me. And actually, uh, I'm mainly 
in the kids section. Uh, okay. Pretty much, if I'm if I'm on a shift there, I I work the kids section, and a lot of the reason I work in that section is because of jujitsu, because uh, I'm less likely to pull my firearm than I am yeah. to get into a grappling situation. Like, gotcha. But but also, I mean, yeah, you may have someone that's truly evil that comes to try and hurt kids at a church, but typically what you're going to deal with in that is you're going to deal with either a creeper. Or you're going to deal with a domestic dispute. Exactly. Yeah. I think dom- yeah, domestic right. disputes got to be a huge custody one. Custody yeah. exchanges, stuff like that. It's not going to require you know lethal force, but it might. You might need to restrain someone. I, that's I'm used to that. You know? Right. Right. So, yeah. yeah. That's that is a common part of your life. Right. You yeah. know, it's like, it's not uncomfortable for me to be like, okay, you're breathing on me. You're on top of right. me. You know, we're, right. Which is a lot to be said. I mean, people just don't realize how much of a foreign place that is, which I think fostered the saying, you know, the, um, you know, we're in the ocean. Green I'm a shark. Ocean. Yeah. And, I'm a shark. And Most you don't even know how to swim. Right. And it's very, very, very true. I agree. So, um, you've been training now for about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, what other than the family time, um, carving out the time, what's been the biggest in, in, in injury wise, or maybe those are the only two things, but what's been the biggest obstacle for you? Uh, biggest obstacle. I, I think those are my two things. Okay. It's, it's the carving out the time from family and also, I, I haven't really dealt with many injuries. Okay. Uh, knock on wood. Um, but just being in a state where you, you don't, you can't move like you did when you were 20. No. And it's funny because I, I don't look old, but like I'm, I can't move. I'm not flexible at all. Like right. it's just one of those things where there's certain exercises I can't do because right. my body just doesn't move that way. Yeah, dude, I can't even right now. I can't even jog around the damn mats right now because of my knee. Really? And I'm like, is running done for me? Yeah. You know, and it's just one of those things that you just kind of, you work with it and you kind of just keep going. I found that, you know, when I was younger in wrestling, I could do tumble rolls all day long. Ne- never had a problem. I could do backhand springs, like anything. How many can you do now before you want to throw up? Well, I can do front ones okay. Front okay. ones, I'm pretty locked up, but I can I can roll forward. If I roll backwards after the first one, I get vertigo. Yeah. And by the time I get to the end of the mat, I'm like a stumbling drunk. Yeah, it it's so crazy. Bad. So I, and that's something I, you know, it ha, it really has to do with the sclerosis of the semicircular canals in the middle ear. It has to, um, because those get harder as we get older, because I, I can tell you even the simplest rides that go around mm-hmm. affect me way more than they did when I was a kid. It's oh, crazy. I can't spin my, my daughter likes to spin her around yeah, so yeah, she gets yeah. dizzy. I'm like, daddy's going to throw up. I'm like, I can't do that, baby girl. So do you have time for any ancillary training? Do you lift? Do you, what, what you with your limited time that you have? So you basically have a schedule where you come in uh, twice a week, plus or minus Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And uh, in between there, are you doing anything else for like lifting, running? Is there any other things that you do to kind of keep you going for class? No, I have not. I I have tried to, uh, you know, and I've tried to implement more stuff. Again, it's finding the time, but also a lot of times my job is pretty physical. Sure. Or it was. Now it has transitioned a lot more to where I'm more of an overseer. I became a foreman, so I, I don't do as much but before you know I, I was always working with my hands you know and stuff um, but 
I, it's something that I've wanted to add more of for yeah. a while. Yeah. You know, when we went down uh, with, with the COVID stuff, uh, when training got reduced, you know, got mats, got a jujitsu dummy and stuff, but it, carving out that time and, you know, also I didn't have enough clothes to fill up the dummy, so it's kind of deflated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I was going to raid my kids' clothes and just be like, I'll wash them later. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... Um, I've gone through cycles and like it's my my life looks a lot different. Like when I was in LA, I felt like everybody was more attuned to keeping themselves in physical shape, you know. Um, because in in the acting world, it is it's a very vain culture, and you oh, sure, everybody's sure. got to be in top shape. So you're used to like running, carving out time for that. Like, oh, it's uh, part of your job. It is, and you can write it off on your taxes. You know, you could yeah. you could write off gym memberships, everything else, and now it's uh, it's just. And also my hours are, because I have to be at work at six, you know, like they were talking about, oh, we're going to start an early class. You know, we might even start a five o'clock class. It's like, I'm leaving at five. Yeah. I was like, I don't. Yeah, know, it wouldn't help. Like, yeah. No, I mean, I'd have to get up at, I'd have to pull like a Jocko, you know, thing and do it four o'clock, you know. Sure, sure. And the biggest issue I have with that is, and I, I realize this just sounds like excuses, but I look at what I prioritize. I'm like, I, I need so much sleep. Yeah. So... I'm like, I usually go to bed around 10 o'clock at night mm-hmm. and I have to get up. My alarm goes off at 4.30. So I'm getting about, realistically, about six hours at most of sleep. And I can function on that. It's not optimum. I'd love to get eight. Right, but right, right. Then I'm at a stint at work for you know anywhere from 10 to 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And then I get home and it's like, my family's really important to me. That's the only reason I do what I do. So sure. I get that time with them. Now, some of it I, I carve out, say my son and I are going to do this. Yeah. But a lot of times it's just hanging out with my wife, my kids. And once I get the kids to bed, I might get an hour or half an hour to actually hang out and talk to my wife. You know, and that, right. so it's like. Well, I think that, you know, what's really important and why it was not only just to be able to spend a little time with you on the podcast, because I mean, realistically it's more of a therapy session for me probably than anything else, (laughs) but it it was also to have you on to jujitsu. Unfortunately has, and we talked about this in the prior podcast. Again, I don't know if it'll go before or after this one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but about expectations and I think the unfortunate thing about jiu-jitsu is, the fortunate thing is it means something different to everyone. The unfortunate part is so many people think that it means six days out of the week, two day, two a day sessions, running, lifting, yoga sessions, ice baths, and doing the whole thing. There are a lot of us that do jiu-jitsu that have families, careers. Um, we like to compete occasionally. And we love the memories and the time that we have with our training partners. Mm-hmm. We like the bonding that ha- the opportunities it has with our children and our lifestyle allows us to train a couple days a week. This is truly what I think master Carlos wanted in regards to jujitsu for everyone. I you know, so. I mean, people don't realize that when Carlson Gracie broke away from, uh, from his father from his uncle and his father and Carlson wanted to train the athletes that his family was like, no, we don't want to do that. 
Yeah, they wanted to train the elite. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But they weren't, they, they didn't even, the rumor from what I've heard, from what I've read and what I've listened to, they didn't even want big guys training in jiu-jitsu. They wanted it for, big guys have strength. They already have what they need. We need to train the small people. Hmm. Now, whether this is folklore or whether it's true, the essence of it is still there at the very beginning. And it was not necessarily to make champions. Yes, they wanted to have champions to promote jiu-jitsu, to prove jiu-jitsu was the, the quote, best martial art out there. But it was for everyone to have jiu-jitsu, for, for the world to be a better place. And it's a fallacy to think that you have to be there five days out of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to get better faster if you're there more frequently? Most probable. I'm not even going to say definitively, but probably. But for those of us that can make it twice a week, sometimes once a week, sometimes we have to skip a week. Life gets in the way. There's no reason to stop. No, I agree. I think that... But I think it causes people to stop. It does. They feel like they're they're behind. I'm just going to quit. You know, like, oh, I can't can't catch back up. But that's comparing yourself again. It is. Just do it for you. I've always heard that comparison is the thief of joy. That's exactly the quote that, so we looked it up, uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt and Mark Twain both said it Okay, very similar. And then Justin told Chris and Chris quoted it on the show. <laughs> okay. so, yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so say that again. Uh, comparison Compar- is the thief of joy. Yeah. And I, I, I would say it's the, it's the mother of, of misery. Yeah, I agree. I and, think you, uh, know, you look at what somebody else has, you know, their house, their car, anything. You can't get wrapped up in that. You cannot do that. Yeah. You can't look at and, any and, of that And stuff. you can't do that with jiu-jitsu because that's not what jiu-jitsu is. Yes, if guys are going, and I'd say Michael is probably the best example of this. I think that out of all of the beginning guys at our particular academy, and I'm sure guys that are, are not at our academy that are listening to this, you probably have somebody that's like this. He is incredibly dedicated. He does do two days when he can. He's there. And his level of improvement is outstanding. Absolutely. Uh, Ken also. I mean, all the guys have improved, right? right? Uh, Michael's probably there more than anybody else. So he, he's obviously going to have the highest probability of improving the most. Um, uh, and I'm not saying he's the most improved. It's just the one that comes to mind because I see him roll with my son more often than anybody else. And so I, it's not just rolling with me. It's watch observing him from the outside in. But that's him. Mm-hmm. We don't all, we're not all able to commit that amount of time or we don't prioritize it because as one of our guests once said, when you decide to do certain things, you are consciously making a decision not to spend that time with your family. Absolutely. That's a powerful statement. It is. It's a very powerful statement. You are consciously making a decision not to spend that time with your family. And I can justify that all day long. <laughs> but well, is your is your family getting your best if you are not correct? So there's got to be a balance there. There does. Yeah, because if I'm not going, if I decide tomorrow that I'm no longer making this lifestyle my lifestyle, and I'm going to replace it with just being at home doing something, <laughs> I don't. It is really fucking ridiculous, your wife's isn't it? Be throwing you out, going, no, go to jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, and I, I well, I, I just. Yeah, I just, exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, it, it, it is our way of making our outside life, whether that's our profession, whether that is um, our relationships with our friends, our neighbors, whatever. It just, 
Well, you've heard me say, everybody's heard me say this a thousand times. So anyways, um, yeah. So, um, obviously it's, it's, it's tough, but you're in there, you're doing it. And I think that's an inspiration to anybody that is in your same position. And with the way that jujitsu is growing, I'm telling you more and more people are 30, 40 somethings with a family getting involved. And, you know, those first couple of years, they love it, but yet there's a struggle. And then there's that comparison and mm-hmm. it's really tough for them to feel that they're adequate. And you're not always going to have a professor that's going to check up on you and say, Hey, how are things going? Why haven't we seen you in class? I like that Reggie, uh, like there was a time when I missed, I think I was gone like almost two weeks. I can't remember where, what we were doing, but yeah. he reached out and was like, Hey, didn't see you last week. Everything okay? You know. Yeah, I think that's huge. You know. Yeah, and and and, and people could say, well, yeah, he's looking for his finances, but I will tell you, he and probably a lot of other people that good good professors that are in jujitsu, uh, as Chris had said, the jujitsu is the least important part of jujitsu, mm-hmm. and it's coming from a place of, hey, are you okay? You know, and I know he's said multiple times. If you end up quitting, don't end up not talking to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that that's a that's a powerful thing because really at the end of the day, what do we create? You know, are we creating a better armbar? Are we creating friendships and bonds with people? I think the relationships are the most important thing because yeah. you know not only that, but these are the guys you're going to call when you have an issue. You know, like I know I can call on my training partners and friends for yeah. anything. Like, how many times have you heard the guys help each other move or whatnot? Right. You know, uh, you know, Jordan bought a truck and it had a problem. He's, I was like, Hey, I got a welder, bring it over. Let's do this. Yeah. You know? And so we, we went and had fun, did that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, professors helped me with stuff. I've helped them with stuff. I mean, we just, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful community. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it really, really is. And you know, um, if more people had it, this play, it would be a much better world. Um, but I know realistically it's probably not that way because there's fear. I mean, you, you walked by other gyms. Why did you never sign up before? I mean, um, well, for one, I knew the Gracie Baja name. You okay. Know, I, I knew that. Um, and it was one of those things where, I mean, I had, I had looked at some of the gyms and stuff in, in like from a very, very thousand yard view. I, sure. I, I never actually stepped into a gym to talk to him. Now I did in LA. I went. I was going to a place uh, called Punch Kick Grapple, um, but I never did the jujitsu. I did. Uh, I did the boxing. Okay. Was that and, where you were in the film? You were in a film as a like a there was a there was you were somewhere where there, where there was a documentary being filmed. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was. It was do- what was funny was I didn't know they were filming that. Uh, I had no idea they were filming it, but apparently when I signed the release. Uh, to be in the gym, it says, you know, they can use your image for whatever. I didn't know they were shooting a documentary and it was on Chad George. And so it's like following him, it was, what was it called? Occupation Fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember coming, I saw, you know, the thing on Netflix one time and I was like, oh, let's watch this. And I started watching it and I was like, oh, babe. I was like, this is that guy I trained under. I was like, he was the one that taught all those boxing classes. And she was like, really? I was watching it, watching one. And I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, he kind of looked like this when I was training with him and stuff because he had a, like a mohawk and everything. Yeah. And they showed like different times in his life where he looked different. And then 
it was like, oh, and then it cuts like the middle of the film. They go, and you know, sometimes to make extra money, trains fighters on the side. And then it cuts to the day that I'm there and I see, I'm like, that's me. And I was like, oh no. Well, you know what's nice? It's nice your wife was right there because nothing's worse than having something like that pop up and you can't share it with anybody. Yeah. Did you see what I posted this morning? Uh-uh. So um, we're watching, um, I'm watching the highlights on American Nationals because okay. I'm a, I'm, I'm pretty much, man, I just, just. I love grappling mm-hmm. and I, and I don't love it just from the, the teaching side. I, I, I like to know all the old school guys. I like to know what their games are. I like to know the new guys that are coming up and we're watching this highlight on this guy from, uh, he has a, uh, so he has an African name, so I can't even repeat it. And I'm watching that. He's just new on the scene at American nationals. And I'm looking at him watching the highlight reels. And I'm like, Whoa, this dude's a beast. My God, he's so long. Man, he looks just like the guy we trained with in Japan. And then sure enough, you know, they do the interview with him. And he's like, yeah, you've been in Japan. You know, like, you know, they tell, tell us about your story. And he was from, not from Uganda. Um, God, he's, he, he wasn't, I forgot where they say he was originally from, but his parents moved to Japan. I bet you his parents were diplomats because they, um, that area of Tokyo where Carp Dam is, there's a lot, it's a lot of diplomats down there. Okay. Um, a lot of embassies and uh, sure enough, he talks about how he hadn't been able to train internationally and I'm screaming for Jackson to come down. This is the dude. This is the dude. And my only way to communicate is by putting out a mass text. I was so, so cause you have those little moments like that and you want to share them with yeah. people like, Oh, this guy that, you know, whatever, like I'm on TV, you know? That's awesome. So, um, yeah, luckily she was sitting next to you. You, you could feel, you know, yeah, it was, it share was that with her. I was like, babe, Oh my gosh. Cause you know, like, and it was just kind of a quick, it wasn't even that big of a thing, but I was like, wait, I was like, that's me. And she's like, she's like, what? I go, that's me. Look, that's my tattoo. Look. And she's like, oh my gosh. And I was like, that's crazy. But, uh, so, yeah. so, so two years into it now, um, you earned your blue belt. You did, you competed at, um, Nashville. I did. did you, I okay. at Nashville. And, okay. uh, I learned a very valuable lesson. What was that? Um, well, <laughs> so there wasn't anybody in my weight division uh, I signed up when it first was announced. So like for three months, nothing. I was the only guy in my weight division. In okay. And and what like masters three or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, you know I was waiting, waiting, waiting. Nobody signed up. And so they were like, well, you know, it's down to the wire. I had like a week left, and I was like, okay. So they told me my options. I could either just go and get a gold medal. Uh, right. I could get my money back, or I could fight heavier or younger. One, you know, and so I was like, okay. See, I didn't know, I didn't know they had this, at least I don't remember them having this conversation with you, but okay. It's kind of ringing a bell though. Yeah. So I had to decide what I was going to do. Well, I looked at fighting younger and Michael was in that division uh, and I was like, I don't want to fight my training partner. Sure. Sure. I, sure. I want us all to have the chance to get gold. Right. Not that I would beat him, but I was like, I want us all to have that opportunity where we are all standing on the podium individually. Right. You know, and so I was like, well, I'll fight heavier. It's fine. I didn't understand kilograms that well. And I was... <laughs> so I go in and the weight class is in pounds. Like the weight class I was going to do was 168. Okay. Uh, the one above that is 181. Right. I was 170 pounds dripping wet with my gear yeah. on when I weighed in. Yeah. And the guy that 181 was probably 200 about a week weight. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, and you know, like... 
he was literally, it was like fighting George. I, I was like, so, you know, I, I wasn't really intimidated by the guy until I got on the mat and he got a hold of me and I went, oh no. <laughs> and and uh, luckily he didn't, he didn't really know anything. He just kind of, and I was used to kind of getting beat up by, because yeah. being one of the lighter guys, you get used to kind of getting pummeled by the bigger guys. And so he was just on top of me the whole time, but it was like, it was brutal. I was like, I will never, I was like, I'm, you know, training partners be damned. I'm going after them next time. Yeah. If that's the case, it's like, because I was just like, oh, I'm not fighting oh, heavy again. Yeah. I, I, I would have told you just take your gold medal and do the open class. <laughs> I don't think they did open for white belt. Oh, they don't. No. Oh, yeah. Then you yeah. do the right thing. You yeah, did the right thing. Good. You don't want to just go collect a medal. There's not, there's no. nothing. You just paid a hundred bucks for a medal that in a, you know a week from now you're not even give a damn about it. Right. It so would have been um, better to just get my money back. If yeah. I wasn't gonna do it. But actually, yeah. I would have just fought younger and been like, look, maybe they won't pair Michael and I together. Yeah, I don't never understood that. I always, you know, and I know they have so many competitors. I just guess from my wrestling background, I, I just feel like you should only have one one person allowed for each weight division from your team. But mm-hmm. I know I know that's really difficult and that's not fair to to everyone. So that's probably not the best approach. Yeah. Uh, because I think closeouts are bullshit, uh, but you know that's just just kind of I don't know. Uh, but then again, I can see how two guys from the same team would like to close out because they don't want to face each other in front of everybody, and I, I go back and forth on it. I agree, and that's why yeah. I didn't want to fight with Michael because I was like, look, we all have a task ahead of us to try and win gold, yeah, and we don't need to be an obstacle for each other, yeah, yeah, because what what happens if we bump heads in the middle of you know and one of us gets opened up and then it's just like it, it these things are going to happen, yeah, let it happen with somebody that you're just trying to you know beat. absolutely so absolutely I uh but I, yeah I just was like okay next time I'm not fighting up and wait that was so <laughs> foolish I was like I, I learned my lesson on that one and I, I was telling somebody else that. Uh, one time they're like, "Yeah, you let your morals get in yeah. the way on that." Yeah. <laughs> so, um, did um, any any urge to compete more? Or? I do want to comp- Like, I liked competing in wrestling, and so I wasn't too like you know. There was some talk about you know there. You'll know if jujitsu is for you after the competition because a lot of people will quit after a competition. Yeah, very or, common. Very or common. they get really into it. Right. I had competed in wrestling, so I wasn't really concerned yeah. about that. Like, I've won and lost, you know, matches in wrestling. I never won a tournament in wrestling. Right. That is actually one thing I do want to do in jiu okay. That is a goal I have. Yeah. I want to win in, you know, like, I want gold. I've won silver in wrestling competitions. And I'm just like, okay, so I was the first loser. You know, right, I, right, I got right, to right. the end and choked. And uh, so, yeah, I do have a desire to... Uh, compete again again then it's that when and I, I also learned with the competition classes you know when you're competing I, I learned that it does take a higher level of dedication yeah for a yeah. time it's like a it does for, for a time and that's why I made that agreement with Amy for pans what we did was we sat down and we said I said okay I need this amount of time and I'm going to be there every night or as much as I can outside of work. And then you got me after that and, and I'll be home and I'll be present. Are you okay to help me go towards this goal? 
And so we had that conversation. So I think that's important to have. Absolutely. Um, and if I would have known they were going to have worlds, I would have held that conversation. <laughs> but that, that's okay. At the time I didn't, but, um, <laughs> You know, I think you sometimes you just have to make that. And I don't know after your first competition whether or not you know jujitsu's for you, but certainly you know you might have an idea if you're if you enjoy competing or not. Mm -hmm. um, but you know you don't need to compete to to come to the academy and do all those things that we we talked about for sure. Um, I do like you know every gym or every leader has a different philosophy, and I like how uh, Professor Reggie feels that everyone should compete at least once. I agree. And, I think um, it's you you learn. You, until you actually test out the stuff that you've learned, mm -hmm. uh, have you really learned it? You know, until you right. apply it, right? You right. know, like it, it works well in practice. Yeah, but. and I think it's important to at least you know all every single person down the line has the potential to be a teacher at some point. And I think as a teacher, you don't have to be an expert at everything, but it'd be nice if you were exposed to most things. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, you may not have had there some of the greatest boxing coaches have never laced up a pair of gloves. Hmm. That's amazing. Just think about that. Some of the most incredible boxing trainers have never put on a pair of gloves before. That's absolutely incredible to me. Um, and I don't even know if I necessarily agree with it, but it does mean that, you know, you, you, you may not be a good competitor. That doesn't mean you can't train other people how to compete. Right. So, um, it, it, I just think to be able to get out there and experience it is you have to come from a place like that, even if it's just once, because there are certain dynamics that take place during the competition that you, you it's, it's so nice to be able to teach them from a place that you've at least been there, you know, what it feels like to be in the bullpen, what it feels like to sign up, the different things that go through your head yeah, and be able to um, have a conversation with somebody about those things. My wife and I had a discussion about Wilder. Um, I said, I want him to learn it. I don't care if he competes at the, I was like, I don't want him competing until he's ready to. Right. And she was like, what do you mean? I go, I see these parents that try and live through their kids. Right. I was like, you know, they were a, they were a washout at some point. So they want their kid to be the ultimate wrestling or, you know, badass. I was like, and so they push their kids to try and make up for their, their inequities. Right. I was like, I don't want to do that. I was like, yeah. I want him to learn it because it's an important life skill. I was like, but I do want him to try and compete at some point. I go, when he's ready, when he sees his friends going to these tournaments and he's like, I want to try that. Right. I was like, I'm down for that. I go, and I'll support him. I was like, but I'm not, I'm not going to push him towards that because yeah. I want him to love this for life. I want him to see this as just, this is a, this is a walk in life that he's doing. Not, we're only doing this so we can w beat everybody and win, win mm, medals. I was like, right, no. that's not important to me. No. Yeah. I, I think that it is incredibly important that the child expresses the desire to compete. Now, I will tell you, the question is, what do you do when the child changes their mind and you've already signed up? And that answer is different for everybody. Mm. I have the conversation before they sign up uh, yeah, that we're going to make a commitment mm -hmm. and you're going to get scared. No, I won't. You, listen to me. You're going to be scared and I'm okay if we back out now, but when we make a commitment, we have to follow through with it and you're going to be scared. No, I won't. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to be scared. I know you're going to be scared, yeah. but once we make the commitment, we have to follow through with it. 
we can't back out. You want to know something funny was, uh, so. And I know not everybody agrees with that, but yeah. No, but I, I do agree with that because I, I think it also teaches you character of doing what you say you're going to do. If you yeah. say you're going there and you're going to compete, then you're going to go and compete. You may get your ass whooped. Yeah. So we're not going to fill this paper out right now. We're going to wait a week. Right. You yeah. think about it. Yep. Think about it. Yep. If you want to do it, we're going to do it. But once we sign on that dotted line, we're signed. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> so never had an issue going to GB1 classes. Yeah. I was like, okay. You know, I'd, I'd go to the GB1 classes and never had any anxiety. I had a lot of anxiety going to GB2 classes. Like I would tell my wife, I was like, I'm literally sitting here thinking of all the reasons I don't want to go. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm cringing through the point when I go through the door. Uh, it's just, it was, and I, I was like, it's tough for me at times. And she's like, I don't get that. I was like, because I was like, you're, you're going against, I was like, it's one thing to go up against a white belt, you know, mm-hmm. like as a blue belt, which I realize I'm not really much on a higher level than they are than I've been there for two years. But it's just a, it's, it almost feels safe. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yes, yes. You know, when I'm going to, a, you know, the GB2 class, I'm like, oh, man, these guys, you know, or if I'm rolling with, you know, uh, honestly, terrifies me when I have to roll with Eddie. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude, yeah. Professor Eddie is a terrifying human being. He is. He is a gorilla. <laughs> I mean, and I love the guy. A gorilla with technique. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, he, he definitely, if you, if you had a, like a little, little, you remember Transformers? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how on the back of the Transformers, I don't know if you remember this or not, but if you flipped it on the back, the Transformer would come with a little red little sheet and you would put that red sheet on the skills on the back. And so you can actually see the bars a little better, yeah, but yeah, they, yeah, were, yeah, they would yeah, have yeah. like strength, intelligence, um, uh, conditioning or I do so it would have all that dexterity. It would yeah. have like all their like qualities on there. I'm sure I got them all wrong. Um, I do remember it had intelligence because I remember Optimus Prime, he was 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they had a strength one, that would like be like on the far, far end for Professor Eddie. That it, it's, um, yeah, it's not cool, man. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it was hilarious because we're doing something and I, I jumped into guard and, you know, smashed me. And afterwards he goes, why do you pull guard? What are you doing pulling guard with me? I was like, what? He goes, how much do you weigh? I was like, yeah. I don't know, 170? He goes, I'm 260. I was like, okay, so you've got 90 pounds on me. He goes, yeah. He goes, so why are you pulling guard? I go, I have two options. <laughs> I was like, I can try and get on top of you, and then you throw me and slam me and get on top of me, or I just climb underneath you and get to the inevitable yeah. and just try and survive. Yeah. I was like, I don't want, I don't like getting thrown. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, he he's he said that. Why you pull? Why you pull? I'm like, cause I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. I don't like getting thrown. <laughs> I don't like getting hurt. No, no, you're on the top. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I may sweep you, maybe. I have. I guarantee you're gonna sweep me. Guarantee it. And you're not gonna be gentle about it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, he's a beast. Yeah. So that definitely can be intimidating. But it also, when you look at other individuals, when you're walking around and in real life you just laugh yeah you laugh yeah because like, of you know professor reggie and professor eddie are big human beings mm-hmm. that know how to use their weight and you know can put their weight on especially professor reggie he has a way of putting his weight on you which is just absolutely miserable and it's just kind of you know a normal human being doesn't know how to do that no it's it's like it's a tr- 
and wrestlers know how to do that a lot of times too with like you know how to put their weight on somebody and like you know their shoulder all their weight goes to their shoulder that's pressed onto your chest and right like right Ugh. um cole's really good at that cole is really good at top pressure yeah uh you know he's got that wrestling background just sure it, sure sure you know but there's a there is something to be said. And it's funny because you say that about, you know, seeing other people outside. Like, I see the guys at work. I work construction. And I see these guys that are, you know, they're, you know, in their 40s or 50s. They're sitting there, beer bellies and smoking cigarettes. They're talking about how tough they are. I'm like, you've got 30 seconds in you. Yeah. It's like, you literally maybe have yeah. 30 seconds in you. Yeah. It's like, good luck. I can survive 30 seconds. Yeah. And you'll have your heart attack as I'm choking you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's people don't know people that that aren't there. They don't know. They don't know the, the, they don't know what true terror is. Mm -mm. Um, and that terror is somebody with strength and conditioning and skill. And it is a frightening fucking thing. Oh, I feel sorry for the person that crosses Eddie. Oh, Jesus. I cannot. Stupid. Oh, I, 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 I only, I only thank God that he is the kindest and most gentle and friendliest guy I've ever yeah, met. He's a total sweetheart. He's a total teddy bear, but man, I'm just like, yeah. Oh, he's terrifying. Yeah. Even when you shake hands with him, you're like, Holy Moses. I, well, were you there the night that he first came to class? Um, when he was dressed as a white belt? No, it was, it, it, that was the no. funniest thing was, so I never knew this up, happened. Oh yeah. So the first time Eddie showed up at the school, you know, he comes in and acts like he says hello to professors. Like, oh, no, no, you know, talking Portuguese. And he's like, oh, great. No, I'm glad you could come. Yeah, it's great. Da, 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 da. Oh, we have a we have a new guy. He just came here. No, uh, they you know, did Did you they know? really say that? Oh, yeah. They were playing this whole thing. And so Eddie lines up as a white belt. Of course, his gi, he's wearing a tattered old gi, you know, from the back or whatnot, you know, trying out. Brand new white belt. And... uh I'm looking at this guy's like, I, I, I'm sorry, but I smell something. And uh, <laughs> so we do a gauntlet. And so they, he, you know, professor points all the people to lay down. And so Eddie lays down and a couple other people. And we had to go over and like get grips on him and do this. And I go over and the second Eddie got a hold of me, I went, he's not a white belt. <laughs> it just goes, well, bam, and slam me. And he's not a white No, like just his grips. I was like, uh-oh. Because yeah. I, I, I mean, it was just. I, I was already suspectful, but the second he got a hold of me, I was yeah. like, the control he had. I was like, oh, no. Because even George, as strong as he was, he didn't know where to grip. And it, it really, one thing I always had going for me was my grip. Yeah. Uh, I was a small guy, but working with my hands all the time, I had good yep, grip. Yep, yep, And I was like, that that's the only way I can compete, compete with Jackson. Because Jackson has so much more skill in me. The only thing I can do is hold on half the time. And yeah. I'm like, just. Just don't let go. <laughs> and <laughs> gonna go for a wild ride, kid. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I'm in for it. But, uh, <laughs> but Eddie got a hold of me. I was like, oh no, he's not. He's not. And afterwards, he's like, oh, this is my brother-in-law, Professor Eddie. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I knew something was fishy. Yeah. So before we close out, man, I want to ask you. You know, um, the the one of the reasons why I even started the podcast was really to help those people that. I, I, here's the bottom line, you know, and I say this over and over again, and I'll continue to say it. Um, uh, you know, that old saying from Heracles, like, I, I don't know how many soldiers he actually starts with, but I think he says out of a thousand soldiers or out of a hundred soldiers, like 90 shouldn't even be there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then out of the remaining nine are good warriors and thank God for them. But out of one, and I'm sure it was more than a hundred. I think he says a thousand or 10,000. One, one's a true warrior. 
And, you know, honestly, throughout life, that one true warrior probably doesn't need any motivation, probably doesn't need any encouragement, doesn't need to see other people fail. He's always been delusionally gifted where he just reaches beyond anything that's possible and achieves it. That's a rare individual, a rare individual, more rare than people understand. For most of us, we need some tools. We need help. We need efficiency. We need diet. We need a lot of different things that can help us. Oh, we're going to decline this real quick. There we go. Um, that help us get through. And the idea of the Old Dog Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu podcast really was to address to the older men and women, the moms and the dads that decided to pick up the gi to let them know the struggles that you have in your daily life is what we all enter. And it would be a tragedy to have you leave mm -hmm. jujitsu. Um, and so if you had a friend, a, like a, a close friend or a training partner that you knew was coming close to leaving, um, maybe life was getting too stressful. Um, maybe um, just didn't feel like they were improving like they should be. Cause that's normally the biggest complaint. What would you say to that person um, that you've done in your own life to keep you going? Because these all things all happen to us. You know, I'm not improving as much as other people. Life is getting in the way. Would there be anything that you would tell them from your own experience that would get them? Or what advice would you have for them? Um, on that one, I, that's, a, that's a tough one. Because, because you've done it. Somehow you've done it. These things have all happened to you, right? You've had the feeling that you're not progressing as fast as other people. You can't attend as many classes that you want. But yet you're still two years later. You're a constant staple at that academy. How did you make that happen? I think you have to have a no quit attitude. I've, I've had difficulty quitting anything in my life. Um, I've gotten fired from plenty of jobs. I, 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 I didn't willingly quit. Right. Uh, right. Walking away from things. Uh, sure. Even relationships. Uh, you know, but like, it's, I think, I think that's, that's one of the things where if you're looking, you know, turn around and don't look at the exit. Look, look deeper into what you're, trying to do I mean we all have feelings of inadequacy at times uh, in every aspect of our lives in our jobs in our marriages in our as parents we feel like we you know oh man I'm not doing this that and the other and with the jujitsu thing for me it was I saw how it made me just a better person in the sense of not it's not the the end all be all for for curing anything but i i felt i had community there mm -hmm. you know you have that core group of you know you have that core group of training partners and and that grows and changes over time sure people you know moving or whatnot mm -hmm. but i think that that is a that's an important thing where you have that community like you're you're happy to see those people yeah and genuinely yeah, like yeah. when you go in, you bump that person's fist like, hey, man, good to see you, you know, and you can have those quick 
conversations like, how you doing, man? Oh, man, wife's driving me nuts. Or, oh, like, oh, man, my job. Oh, I'm so stressed lately. I need to just get out there and sweat. And we get out there and we do that. And I think that when you look at what, what do you, are, are you trying to measure what are you getting out of it? Whereas if you look at it and go, this is, look at it in the sense of what it's giving you. Like, this is a gift. It's, you're there. You may be hurting a little bit, but you're alive. You're alive, you're fat, you're fighting, you're not giving up, and you just keep going. And, you know, like in your, when you gave your speech after your belt promotion, and you were like, you know, you, you said, keep getting up, keep getting up. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have to have a, yeah, I'm, this is, my, my, my journey is going to look different than everybody else's. Yeah. And I can sit there and listen, hear the guy say, you know, oh, I, you know, I, I work, I hear everybody say, oh man, the noon class was great. It's like, I've never been to a noon class ever. <laughs> and I'm like, that'd be great. But I'm like, I just can't. And, yeah. uh, but I also look at, it and I'm realistic and say, okay, uh, I, where do I find that I can fit jujitsu into my life? Sure. Like I, it's, it's a priority to me. It's important to me. And there's times when I have to go out of town, you know, if my wife books work and we have to go out of town, I got to drive her down there. I got the kids like, okay, I don't get to do it. And there's other times when I'm like, Hey babe, uh, you know, I'm going to stay late tonight, you know, and roll a little longer just cause didn't get much time in last week and try and make up for it. you know, and everybody's going to go through those times yeah. and you just have to say, okay, there's seasons. There's seasons where I get to go twice or three times a week for months on end and I feel great. I'm going good. You know, I think COVID did that for a lot of people. COVID when it hit and gyms were shut down and then they went with like modified capacity and then it just was like, you know, then we're rolling the masks on and you know, it's like, (laughs) I remember I had to roll with Brian and he had that like gator thing and I literally just pulled it over his face. (laughs) He was like, what? I was like, you're wearing it, dude. (laughs) And, uh, but I think that kind of do what you can, yeah. you know, even if you have to cut down to it, like if it's a time thing, you know, once a week, you know, mm-hmm. and it's tough because it makes you hungry for more. Yeah. And, you know, if you see all these guys that, you know, I see all the pictures and the videos of the guys that are there all the time and I'm like, I'd love to do that. But I also know realistically that's not me. So I can't have that mentality of like, well, I'm just not going to do it if I can't do it this much. Right. But so many people do. They do. Or that's the excuse they use. I, I don't know what's in their heart. Only they can do. Um, but that's insightful, man. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Um, and again, you know, we just hope if one person kind of, if that resonates with one person, then it's, in my opinion, it's all worth the time of sitting down and having a discussion like that because we're no different than anybody else and the same things that we think other people think. And it's sometimes they just hit people at the wrong time in their lives. And if they can just get the right direction, a good tool, something, get them going and keep them involved in this lifestyle, we all benefit from it. I think so many people have that mentality of, well, if, if I only had this, I could do this. Right. You know? So true. It's, if you think that way, you'll never do anything. But so that's a predominant way of thinking. That is a predominant. When are you going to start jujitsu? Oh, when I get in shape. Right. You know, yeah, I'm going to get in there. You know, I've been lifting and I've been running and I'm going to get in there, man. I have a friend that I've, I've tried to convince him to come to jujitsu a bunch. And he's like, oh, I need to get in shape first. I was like, no, you'll get in shape. That's what you come there. to jujitsu for. Yeah. It's not, it's not there to prove anything to anyone. You don't need to prove. And I don't need to prove anything to anybody. No. Not, not one damn person. And that's so hard to remember, but no, you're there for you. 
I think Tom DeBlass is the one that said, he goes, if you, uh, during this pandemic, if you have not come out with a new skill, uh, you know, a new, new something or other that you wanted, if you hadn't, didn't come out and shape all this other stuff, it was never about time. Yeah. It was about discipline. Yep. And I totally agree with that it because is. how many people were, I mean, I know I was home for a long time yeah. with different stuff, you know, like when they, when things were limited, you know, nothing was open. It was like, well, what are we doing? Oh, Netflix. Perfect. <laughs> well, hey, man, thanks a lot. No, thank I you. really appreciate the time. I, I promised my kids that we would roll tonight. So I said we can have pizza, but we need to roll. So I got to get, the, gotta get, gotta get, get the that time in with them, man. So Absolutely. thank you again. I would thank love you. to have you back on. Um, I think we're going to get one more Road to Blue. And I uh, would love to have all three people on and uh, kind of have a sit down session. And maybe we'll do that right before we're ready for purple. That would be a good time, right? Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, man. And uh, thanks for everyone listening. Uh, we really hope that uh, you enjoyed the sit down. Clint, it's been awesome, man. And you guys, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for the emails. Again, it's uh, olddogbjj.com. Um, that is uh, our website. And our email is www.olddog at gmail. So it's olddogbjj at gmail.com. Um, any questions, suggestions, go ahead and shoot us an email. I check those about once to twice a week, so I don't get back to you right away. I'm not neglecting you. It just, that's the time I've committed to that. And uh, until then, everyone keep training. <laughs>